My name is Kimberly Fitton and welcome to the first episode of the Manifesting 101 podcast. You can find out more about me at hermanifestationmentor.com. Now, in short, this podcast teaches you how to apply the law of attraction to your everyday life. And there are multiple titles for the law of attraction. Some call it the law of love. Um, I call it just basic biblical principles that are real. And that's my expertise. I am an ordained minister. Um, Actually, the last ordination I had was that of an elder. I have extensive theological um, studies and and biblical studies background. And I am in love and enamored with the word of God. And one of the things that really illuminated and changed my life was the fact that I embraced that poverty is the anomaly and abundance is and was always meant to be the norm. But before we get into that, all of that, because really adding the biblical principles is just something I do to get under the skin of those who are oh, tied to legalism and religion and really believe that money is the root of all evil and all this other stuff. And in order to be, in order to walk a life of humility, you need to be poor and God doesn't want people to be rich and blah, 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 blah. But he does want you to give your offering. That's for sure. Don't be rich, but give your offering. Uh, don't live a life of abundance, but make sure to support the church. And don't do too much. Don't expect too much, but make sure that you are buying every ticket to every conference. Woman, thou art loose. Susie, thou art loose. Bobby, you are free. And no shade to anybody who runs a conference that's named like that. You know, it's, it's no shade. I just am really, this is who I am. This is what I talk about. I'm a little bit sarcastic, actually, a lot of bit sarcastic and a whole lot of funny. And, um, I doctor that up because a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Well, this podcast episode, the first episode is really going to be about just the basics. And so you can know what makes me qualified to talk to you about the law of abundance, the law of love, the law of attraction, whatever you want to call it. Uh, One of my favorite phrases is, Um, My quote, one of my favorite quotes is, you don't get wet by the word water. So I could call water steam. It still does what it does and it's made out of whatever it's made out of. I could call it ice and it's still going to be and do what it is, uh, what its function is. So a little about me. Um, In the last five years, my life has changed dramatically. I um, am still an educator. I'm actually an administrator at a high school. But before that, I taught language arts. Um, I uh, graduated from college for the second time in 2008 uh, with a different career. I had been working and working and working and working and working. And I ended up in a cubicle deciding, hey, if I died, no one would really know me. I haven't changed any lives. What do I need to do? What do I love? And that led to me um, figuring out an equation to change my life. And I went back to school and decided I wanted to go for education to teach language arts. I graduated and loved what I did. I didn't think it was even possible to go in skipping 
to your job. I, I actually walked in like Snow White every day. <laughs> it was really like a music video um, walking into my job and getting ready for work. I really loved it. It was no longer a just over broke. That's an acronym for a job, right? We've all heard that before for the most part. It was a career and I knew I was where the universe needed me to be. Now, when I say the universe, some people think that is a contrast statement um, because I'm uh, talking mystic talk. But, you know, God did create the universe, so it's kind of a real thing. And we're going to dive deep into that um, as the podcast goes along about how to break down those constructs of religion and legalism so you can really understand that um the universe isn't a taboo word. It's like a very real thing and it's also referenced in the Bible. So whatever, I digress. So back to the story of my life and, and very short story of my life because I'm not going to pontificate too much. I just want you to know who you're speaking with, who you're listening to. And I think it's really important to be transparent about how screwed up my life was. Um, when I uh, began working, I decided one of the safest things in education is to keep the job, especially if you are engaged to um, someone who is doing ministry. And my fiance at the time was um, a pastor. And so I was like, oh, I already know how that works. The money is funny. The change is strange. So one of us needs a solid occupation. And I decided I would hold us down. And I would prove that I would be wifey material and I was um, good enough to be picked. Well, that right there, for those of you who know how important a mindset is, that right there told could tell you everything you need to know about me and where I was in that point in time in my life. I didn't feel that I was worthy. I didn't feel that the good that was always meant to come my way was really mine. I actually was operating from a place of lack. I, if you have to prove yourself or feel that you have to prove yourself, then what you're saying is, I honor the truth that I am unworthy and what you honor always shows up. If you are trying to prove that you deserve the promotion, trying to prove that you deserve the friendship, trying to prove that you deserve the relationship or to be loved, then what you're really expressing what you're really putting out there, the vibration, the frequency you are putting out there is, I don't deserve it. And so what you honor shows up. People won't acknowledge your necessity, um, the need to have you in their life. People won't love you. People won't appreciate you because this is what you say you deserve. And the universe, the God-made universe does not understand sarcasm. Every, even your no is a yes. It's based on what's in your subconscious. So I decided that I would prove that I'd be the dutiful wife and that he could pick me and I was worthy of marriage. And um, this was also in my job. I would arrive to my place of work no later than 6.30 every morning because I was under the weight of having to prove myself that I was a good hire and that I didn't get the job because I was black. Just because I was black, I got the job because I was qualified. And in order to do that, I had to prove myself. No one asked me to prove myself. I decided that this is what I needed to do. Again, think about my mindset. 
I would apply. I decided to go get my master's in administration. I did that and I decided, okay, now people will accept me and I'll be able to get into those circles because I have a master's now and I can be a principal and people will finally see that I am a good person and I have things to offer the world and I am of value. Well, people already saw that. I just wasn't honoring them. So those people never showed up. I didn't honor the good. Those people never showed up. My relationship was terrible. I sunk into a deep depression. We actually moved in together and uh, put the cart before the horse, but I was trying to make things happen. If we live together, then we're going to get married. And I understand that I am totally pissing all over the idea of living together before you're married. Yes, I did that. Next Uh, One of the things you'll find out about me is I am very transparent. I was desperate to secure that bag. And all that did was change my life for the worst. And it wasn't because of the constructs of sin. It was the fact that I was trying to bring something into existence that was never meant to be. I was manifesting something, trying to, that was not for my highest good. And there are a lot of experiences that happen between 2008 and 2016. So many things that happened. But I remember 2015 was the life-changing year for me. I had a dear friend. Her name is Tracy Johnson. I'm going to shout her out. She was the student resource officer at my school, and she would come into my classroom every morning and say, hey, how was your day? And I would say hi, uh, that it was a good day and whatever, but then there hit a point in time where I was I was just complaining from the top of the day, middle of the day to the end of the day. Um, I was probably at my heaviest weight, um, desperately catty, bitter, rude. Um, I applied for I had applied for so many um, positions and had been turned down and I was like they're against me nothing's working for me it's not happening for me this is the world is against me and don't even get me started on God I'm praying for people I'm teaching the word of God I am doing everything I need to do bending over backwards um, being helpful. I'm not being selected as a wife. I don't have any children. Um, I'm over 35. This is for the birds. I'm not praying anymore. I'm not even going to pray to you, God, because you're not answering me. And when I thought you answered me, I must not be hearing you correctly because nothing in my life is turning out like I want it to. And you said you heard me when I prayed. I just don't believe it. And so I got to a very bitter, nasty place and became a recluse and didn't like who I was. And I remember one morning, Tracy came into my classroom and she said, hey, how are you doing? And I started to complain. And she goes, you know what? You're real effing negative. And turn the lights off in my classroom. And I was left in the dark. She closed the door. And I was like, the audacity. But then I was like, oh my goodness. She's right. And I cried. I cried so hard. And I went home that day and I got on my knees. I was like, this has got to change. And I felt 
led to look on YouTube for affirmations and to begin working on my mindset. Now, I want to tell you, we'll talk about my mom, Karen, and you'll hear a lot about her because what I realized on this journey is I have always known about the law of attraction. And Karen was a, is a minister, is not past tense, is a minister. Um, I learned a lot about God from her and my mom would quote the scripture, call those things that be not as though they were. She would talk about the power of life and death residing in the tongue. She would say, as a man thinketh, so is he. And I never understood those things until I realized what she was doing as I was growing up. My mom um, affirmed, decreed, and declared all the time. And I would see things manifest for her. Amazing things. And so what I found is it had always been there, but it was never taught. Like my mom didn't say affirm, decree, or declare. She never said that. Um, It was not a positive environment. It was always the other shoe was going to fall, waiting for the other shoe to fall. So the fact that I went home and looked at manifestation, like looked at affirmations, is an anomaly within itself, right? And that is totally outside of the box. And it's the intentionality of heaven because the universe conspires to give us all that we desire. There is a journey for us. There is definitely a journey for each and every one of us. And there is a plan. Heaven is intentional about the plan of your life. And I did my part, which is what we all must do, decide to say yes to the information being dropped into our laps, to the fleeting thoughts that say, call so-and-so or do this, go there. And I began to be open to that that day. I went on YouTube. I There are pre-recorded affirmations. I listened to them back to back to back to back. I ended up listening to Joel Olstein. and hearing him talk about The Power of I Am, the book that he wrote about the power of I am. And I was like, oh my God, well, everybody loves Joel Olstein. And here he is talking about this, this stuff. So I started to research even more. And I said my affirmations every day. And I remember, um, my ex would come into the restroom. I remember one affirmation that I said, I said, I am something like the power is within me. And he looked and he was like, are you serious? Basically, that that's sacrilegious. And I was like, oh my God, the irony. First of all, we're living together. We're preaching the word of God. I, I'm going to be honest, unashamedly, you know what I'm saying? When I lived a life of sin, I was not ashamed. I did my best sinning, my good sinning. I was great at it. I was good at it. And I was without shame. I was also missing out on a whole lot. Now, this is my personal preference. I do not come, I do not agree with coming into agreement. I do not promote coming into agreement with guilt or shame because when Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of God, he really came to the realization that no matter what he did, no matter how many times he did it, God wasn't going to stop loving him or answering his prayers. And that's a biblical principle. How about that? Paul also said, do we continue to sin that grace should abound? Absolutely not. Don't beat a dead horse. Do what's best for your life and for your greatest good. And that would be living an upright life. Okay, moving on. But 
I thought, oh, the irony. You're telling me I'm being sacrilegious. But our actions are like definitely disrespectful to the thing, to the construct, right? To the religious construct and the way that the, in the gospel that we preach. So please don't. I, I was just like, oh my God, let's, let's not have righteous indignation at this time of the morning. But I just ignored him and continued. Um, and then I decided to put all of the posted notes up with my affirmations before being Mary Jane was popular. I didn't even know about being Mary Jane. This is what my home looked like. Um, And I actually want to say not 2015, but 2014 is when I started to affirm. Um, I want to say that the next day I felt better and that I had a new perspective. It probably wasn't like that. It probably took a couple of weeks, but it felt like overnight. I felt a release. I felt better. I felt, I just felt different. And every day I did that, I affirmed I wrote down on sticky notes my future and I affirmed it as if it was happening in the present. And I didn't leave the house one day without saying my affirmations that I would later find out were decrees and declarations. Um, And then the last thing that I would read was Psalms 23. I had it on the back of my bedroom door and I put my name in it and I remembered Um, Just to remember that the Lord has got my back in this day, no matter what. Uh, Before long, I was taking down affirmations off of my wall and doors because they were coming to fruition. It changed from being turned down for promotions to actually writing the job description and making a proposal for the position I wanted. That proposal was accepted and they created a position for me. And within three years, I had gone up the ladder to where um, I was working in central office and out of the classroom. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. I also started three businesses from affirming. And I also wrote two books. And this all happened. That all started. I remember I was down in prayer and I asked the Lord just to guide me pretty much. What do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? And the Lord was like, get up. You have a stack of notebooks in your car that are unopened. Open them. And he said, sit down and write. And that is where the science of greatness taking the guesswork out of purpose came. I wrote my first book was about a formula that I used on myself to go back to school to find out what my gifts and talents were and what was the purpose for my life. And I'd use those on students that were deemed at risk. And I would go to their homes and visit with their parents. And I would use the formula on them. And so I put it in a book. And I just did it as a labor of love. I thought it was awesome that I finally wrote something other than poetry. Because I had been published before. And I just thought, this is totally awesome. I, I actually did something. This is cool. And then... I realized the impact once there were treatment facilities purchasing the book and uh, people from all over and friends taking pictures of random people who had the book in their car outside of a gas station. Like, I realized then that I had stepped into something I never wanted to step out of. 
when I went back to school, I lived in my car and I was homeless for a time. I washed up in restroom sinks and restaurants. I <laughs> I wore one pair of jeans and it's a really it keeps me humble. I was working at a call center in Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware. And I realized one day that I was being made fun of. And the lady was like, they were making fun of my jeans and how dirty they were because they weren't washed. I mean, I had worn them multiple days without washing them because washing powder was a luxury and I didn't have access to a washer and dryer and going to the laundromat was a luxury. I've had a lot of humbling moments. I grew up extremely poor. And one of the worries of my life that would cause anxiety and stress is living an adult life in poverty. And I realized that because I was focusing on living a life of poverty, that's what showed up. So I was horrible with my finances, horrible with a lot of things. That is... So much has changed in a short span of time. Five years. Five years my life has changed. So this is what validates me or or makes me credible. Is that I do not teach anything I haven't lived or that I haven't applied. So all of the manifesting techniques that I have written about, that I give on my social media platforms or any of the challenges that I submit for manifesting. I don't do any of that or share any of it without first trying it myself and applying it to my life. If I simply shared it without doing it, that would be building on another man's foundation. I have seen and benefited from The law of attraction I have seen and have benefited from. The law of abundance in the word of God. I have learned to live a life that exudes one of faith and knowing that Genesis 1 and 26 was legit. When God turns to himself after turning to everything else on the planet and saying to the ground, produce this, saying to the sea, produce this. He doesn't turn to the ground or the sea or the air and say, let's make man. No, he turns to himself and he says, let's create man in my image and my likeness. Jesus referred to us as many gods. God pointed to himself to create us. And we are his sons? Well, doesn't that mean that we are gods? He breathed the breath of life into us, his spirit into us, which means that we have the Ruach of God, that when we speak, we manifest. He told us to have dominion over the earth and rule over everything. Command the earth. 
How can we do that if we don't realize who we are? We must first master our lives before we can master the earth. We must first believe that at the very core, God is all that is good and only wants the best for us. The key to manifesting is applying it and trying it for yourself each time, knowing that it won't change overnight. And depending upon your faith, it could change overnight. Why don't you join me on this journey now that you know a little bit more about me and how a girl who was homeless and who had a pretty crappy life was able to turn it around by saying yes and coming into agreement with the destiny, the call, and the greatness spoken over my life before time began, before I was even a thought in my mother's womb, before my mother and my father's first date He was intentional about me and the life of abundance he wanted me to live. And before you were a twinkle in your mother and father's eyes, heaven was intentional about you and the life of abundance it wants you to live. I'm Kimberly Fitton, her manifestation mentor. And you can find out more about me at hermanifestationmentor.com. This is the Manifesting 101 podcast. And I'm so happy that you decided to join me for my first episode. Don't go anywhere. Hold on tight. You're on. You're really in for the most amazing life-changing ride. Stick with me, kiddo. And together, we will continue to experience the wonders of the power of our words. Remember, your thoughts shape your words. And your words, they shape your world. See you next time.